everybody it's your dm tony and welcome to a totally organic intro not at all uh recorded after we recorded the episode psych why lied yo dan go ahead and say hi to let them know that you're here hey not recorded but you know i'm here so that's that's cool that's cool yeah well listen <laughs> you guys listen to the last episode hopefully so you guys know the lowdown we had a cut episode uh 20 in half so this is the second half of episode 20 which makes it episode 21 because there was so much content that we were able to make it two full episodes you're, you're confusing them tony you're i'm not confusing them. It's, uh, All right. we split in half but it's still a the next episode you know it's not like oh it's definitely the next 20 episode. a and 20 b it's just episode 20 21. Yeah, it's just 21. It's just yeah. 21. But we had to apologize last time because we had to cut it short. A little bit. Just a little short. No, it's like halfway short because now we have a whole other episode here. And a very good one at that. It's an awesome one. But anyway, welcome to episode 21. How you feeling, Dan? Uh, I just ate Domino's, so I'm feeling great. Fucking again with the... <laughs> Pissing me off. Pissing me off. Pissing me off, dude. Uh, how are you feeling? You gotta be shitting me with that. No. <laughs> I did. I he didn't even know that before this. I couldn't wait to bring it up. A <laughs> uh, little backstory in case I haven't fucking beaten his dead horse yet. I when I moved into my new home, there is no Domino's near me that delivers, and I love Domino's. And the closest Domino's to me uh, that I can drive drive to tastes like ass like they make the worst fucking pizza ever when like i used to live next to the world's best dominoes man and i am upset about it so this guy just rubs into my face everywhere. and mine's only two blocks away Ugh, i can almost see it looking out my window it's i'm gonna like, fight you i can see the lights like i'm gonna visit you one day and i'm like oh man hey dan i'm so happy to see you where's the dominoes at <laughs> out the window. beeline doesn't oh, even come man. into my house <laughs> Well, this got off tangent. Uh, yeah, so we're up to episode 21. Woo -bee. Uh, if we don't have anything to share, we got Twitch streams coming up. Uh, when you listen to this, we have a Twitch stream coming up later this week. Go ahead and check that out. Make sure you follow us on the Twitch. And of course, join us at Discord and Twitter. Dan? What? What? Oh, I just wanted to know if you had anything to add. All right, moving on to the recap. You did so perfectly. What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> In our last session, Minus was almost rock bait for a giant rock monster. Talk about Rocky Road, am I right? After escaping the literal jaws of death, the gang push deeper into the cave and discover more marrow guarding in what seems like a giant underground tree. After examining the tree, they come to realize that it's the base of the giant tree in the center of Riverwood Forest, and something very important seems to be missing, causing the tree to decay. We left off with Armos's tome revealing a giant eyeball spying on them. Let's see where this goes. Board play that intro and let's get on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is DD 404. This is the first time the eyeball is now reappearing and staring at the gem with its bloodshot demon like eye. Reginald takes notice. And he is, they're like looking back and forth. And he is kind of shocked as he sees his eye. And that's where we'll, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's where we're, uh, 
I, I, I don't know what to do, so I kind of, uh, I clink them together to see if anything happens. And I'm sure <laughs> nothing's gonna happen. When you clink the two together, nothing does happen. The eye, it becomes more and more stressed as it gets closer. Stress. Now, oh. go ahead and give me an arcana check. Yes, finally. Thank you. <laughs> uh, 13. You know that as you bring these two things together, it's like as if you would put like two magnets together that are the same. Um, Polarizations. Yes. Yeah, so these things have like the same type of polarization as you can't get them really too close as they're kind of rejecting each other. But now as you're noticing that Reginald starts to wince in pain as he starts to like, ah, as he's cringing internally, the closer you bring this blue shard to the book you notice that the reason why they're rejecting each other is that you know the book comes from a demonic place with that information you feel that the gem comes from a holier place reginald's like wincing on your head like ah, ah, like kind of having like an eternal suffering now so when i looked in that shard before it was just a blood shard you notice that the shape of the perfect blood shard in your book is the same shape just a little bit smaller as the blue shard that you have that blue gem that you have in your hand so the red gem in the book is the same shape just smaller as the blue gem that you were holding okay so i put the i put the gem away to where it was before the eye sees you put it away and then gives you a sharp look and then closes up and the, the gem in your book returns to normal reginald picks himself up and he's like breathing deeply i just kind of tug on drell's pants <laughs> like point <laughs> what just happened yeah uh what the fuck was that <laughs> <laughs> guys that gem from the well i was pulling it out to see if it would fit in the socket and yeah it it seems to be the opposite of these like blood shards it's really weird huh so let's reevaluate your situation you are in this room with this giant dying tree. You know that the forest is dying with itself and all the water from the forest comes from this temple. You have one other cave kind of behind that the marrow was trying to dash towards. We're calling back to your previous conversations with Kara, the Koatoas, even um, Duncan back from the town of Gilo. You remember the conversation of what things that may go on in this forest and notice that it's very dangerous. And then you learn that it was because of the marrow. Gibbles, mention the name Gilfro. Gilfro was a marrow. However, all the marrow you've been seeing all kind of look similar. They're all like big, burly, snake-like soldiers. They're all, they're looking at the three, uh, three and a half that you've killed uh, here, the two and a half, because, you know, draw split one and a half. They're all wearing the similar equipment and they're all outfitted the same. So with context clues, you can assume that none of these are Gilfro and one trying to make a dash towards the cave, perhaps maybe to alert him. Yeah. Well, I mean, the cave was gonna be my next destination anyways. <laughs> when you going through the water, you finally get like a whiff of what's going on. You didn't quite notice it at the top of the room, but at the bottom, you notice that the water is more saltier. I've been licking the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, get all salty. The water you're standing in now has a higher salt content to it, but all the water in the forest is fresher. So something here lets you believe that you're now deep underground. Before we leave, can I just pick up like a little sample in a vial to bring back to Kara, just in case? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could. Not sure I'll do anything, but I take a so little So you're pretty confident that this is just salt water? 
marrow aren't accustomed to forests and you're kind of landlocked if the forest is in the middle of a continent of south trillis so they've got here through other means you're assuming that some passageway here perhaps maybe leads to the ocean okay well you guys want to head into the cave we got to figure this out let's go boys all right armos lead the way nope <laughs> <laughs> i'm behind you big guy you guys walk through the cave Sneak, sneak through the sneak cave. Sneak through the cave. You're walking down through your feet, the, the sounds of flowing water disguises your footsteps. It's echoing through this long, narrowing cave as the cave starts to, the cave ceiling is now a lot closer to you guys. It's about only 15 feet above you now, as you're now walking through this tunnel with a light at the end of it. But the light isn't torchlight, it's more of these refracting minerals that are just kind of bouncing off your torch and lanterns. But the room ahead is brighter than the one you were just in. Also love to see how much Venice has changed because he's like, oh, sneaking, sneaking, right? But like, fuck, dude, in the beginning of the campaign, he would have been like, hello, is anyone home? Hello? <laughs> he's learning, you know? He's growing up right in front of our eyes. Oh, friends. Oh, no. I'm going to go hug him. I mean, he knows how to sneak around. Once we get back into a town, that might be a different thing. <laughs> I was going to say, think about all the times he headbutted someone in the junk. And now look at him. He hasn't done that in so long. <gasps> That's a good point, Armos. <laughs> the cave overhead starts to open up as there's just this trail of stone and water that lie ahead of you. There's nothing to hide behind. There's nothing blocking your way. And your lanterns illuminate the area pretty well as it starts to open up and the sound of rushing water is now more prominent again. When you look into this room, you are looking like you are standing on the edge of a platform and the water is falling into the room below. This is where all the water has been going to. The room is vast, a hundred by a hundred, not a perfect square, of course, but when you look around, you see a lot of stones jutting out of water. Where you see the stone looks like a place where you can obviously stand, and anything that is covered by water looks deep, like you could fall in. Across from you is another platform that you could possibly stand on where you see more water rushing and filling up the room. I don't like how big this room is. I just want to point that out. Uh, yeah. On the far end, in another smaller cave where the water continues to flow, you hear some muttering of words. You see a tall, slender, merfolk type marrow oh it's just one little guy okay oh it's just one nice <laughs> okay cool this one does not have a sea serpent face it looks more humanoid than it does sea serpent it still has that long fishy tail but it is wearing a tabard it has garb on like armored garb it is also holding a staff everybody give me a perception check you're a perception check group group dc 25 13 14 got it <laughs> you look just past them in this dark tunnel. You see three cloaked figures. One of them is right in front of the slender merfolk marrow. Drops his hood and it reveals an elf. Oh shit. The skin tone of this elf is a is dark grayish smoky type skin with platinum white hair and silver eyes. He has a box and the box is about two feet wide, only a foot long. It looks like a small foot locker that is rumbling. He hands it to the merfolk. You hear more words 
the merfolk speaks in common as it echoes throughout the cavern. Is this the beast? The elf nods, puts his hood back up, and begins to walk back into the cave. Before he goes, I want to shoot him. <laughs> I want to hit him. How what's the range on Eldritch Blast? <laughs> 300. You can roll to hit. So you're trying to shoot the elf? Yeah, dude. Well, I won't be able to help you for about 10 turns. <laughs> they ain't going to be able to get to us. By the time they get to us, I'm going to crush them. We have to get to them. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I my Eldritch Blast has a range of 300 feet. I can hit him from here. Roll to hit. <laughs> We're now going to start timing this. 20, Matt. <laughs> Roll for damage. Jeez. <laughs> Nine. You roll two? Oh, do I roll two on the... You crit. Oh, on it. You crit, man. Okay, so 13 damage. This Eldritch Blast shoots over the cavern. The three cloaked figures, as they turn around, notice this purple-like Eldritch Bolt coming right for them, goes over the shoulder of the merfolk and hits the one that put his hood back up, the one in the lead, right in the chest as he gets knocked down 10 feet deeper into the cave. The two look back at the merfolk. You hear some angry noises be like, you were followed! Turn around, pick up their fallen partner, and drag him into the cave as they make a full dash into the cave. Everyone roll me initiative. <laughs> what a crit. It's 21. 18. 3. You are now in combat. This Murfurk turns around. This Murfurk. 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 He's Murfurk. You mean, wait. I swear, man, if they just get away because he shot so early, dude. The Murfolk Marrow turns around. He looks towards you. As he flourishes his harpoon in one hand, immediately you can see a socketed blood shard on the other end of the harpoon. His hand is a little bit graft to the harpoon, similar how you saw the mace to the bugbear. In his free hand is the mace that Drell took off the bugbear. Bro, that guy's got my fucking mace. Around you just below, you actually notice dead Koatoa bodies in the water kind of floating around. <gasps> no. There's more. As swirls of magic start to form around this marrow, he screams out, I assume you came for this. As he holds up the mace, you do not know the power which it contains, but let me show you. And then bashes it onto the floor as an eruption of magical energy shake the cavern a little bit. We're going to start the combat at Menace with a 21. All right. <laughs> it's time to get your mace back, buddy. <laughs> I uh, walk forward a little bit. All right, Sid Jr., number two, time to get to work. I uh, put one of him in the, the sling and go, puts on his army helmet. <laughs> and I throw it at this guy. 17 to hit. Hits. Roll for damage. Uh, seven damage. Ooh, so you go ahead, you launch one of your pellets at him, flies deep over the cave, hits him in the cheek. Ow, ow, what the, what the hell? Give us the mace back. Oh, I'll give you this mace. Dumb head. You want your mace? Oh, that was a shitty comeback. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Take seven points of damage. The marrow is going to go on initiative <clears throat> eight, uh, 19. Oh, that's rolled high. The marrow looks to his right. It's got good decks. Uses his, uses his movement action to dive into the water completely submerging itself. 
but the swim speed is going to arise out in the middle of the room onto the stone platform. It has incredible swim speed. Oh, that's crazy. With that, you know that if you're not standing on any of these rock platforms that are visible to you, it is deep water. Because when he went in, you couldn't even make a perception check because of how dark, deep blue it is and how deep he went down. Comes out, slaps the mace on the floor. He's going, he starts weaving his hand that is holding the harpoon up. He casts a spell. Well, that's my thing. Heck, you can't be other spell people. Yeah, this is great. You guys never fought a spellcaster yet. <laughs> Sid, you know counter spell, right? <laughs> He's going through like a book that he just brings out. It's just a bunch of rocks inside of a book. He opens up a book and rocks just fall out. <laughs> Shakes his head at me. I'm just like, dang. <laughs> Armos, what about you? Counter spell? No? No. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. Wish you had a wizard with you guys, huh? Kind of do. It's <laughs> a wizard spell. <laughs> He waves his hand into the air as dark magical essence begins to weave from it, creating a sphere of fog. The sphere spreads around the room and covering you and him in its radius. You no longer see each other. Okay, that will be its turn. We're going to go and move down to Armos's initiative. Armos. How far forward can I see? About five feet in front of you. So you're, not, you're standing on a ledge right now. The ledge is about a 10-foot drop down to where... Kind of where he is. This whole place is uneven flooring. So this thing is speaking common to us, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use command is one of my uh, level one spells. You speak a word to a creature within range, which is 60 feet. He's within that. The target must succeed a wisdom saving throw, or it has to follow my command on its next turn. Okay. Oh. You have to be able to see him. Speak a command to a creature within range. Okay. Wait, what's what's component is the vocal. vocal? Vocal. Yeah. So yeah, it, it doesn't say that I have to see it. Nice. That's a great spell. <laughs> right. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> Your DC is thirteen. So it has to do a wisdom saving throw off of thirteen. Cool. So he has to make he has to be a thirteen. I hate that we don't get to see the rolls that you're making. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wanna... You cast this magical spell and you shout at him. Um, and you know the spell went off. You don't have any visuals, so you don't know if it landed. So no, I, I guess I, I have to do one of the things. Okay, so I'm gonna tell him. You can tell him what to do on his, and he'll he may or may not do it on his next turn. So that's all I do, and then I, I stick behind. What's Drill. the command as, are you telling him to do? I think I'm going to have him uh, grovel. The target falls prone and ends its turn. There's no one where you just like tell him to like jump off of. Bridge or something. <laughs> I, I can't I can't make him hurt himself with it. From Almos's turn, you see Reginald's like kinda on the lookout. Okay, so since I uh can't see him in the fog, I shout out to to the creature and I use my command spell and I tell him to and I sh I, I scream grovel in the, the best tiefling commanding voice that I have. I mean this is actually kinda scared. Yo, why don't you act out why don't you act out that voice right now? Why don't you go deep for me? <laughs> Minus actually shakes a little bit. His hairs go up. <laughs> All right. It's going to go to initiative three. Drell, what are you doing? So I'm going to jump down into like the next platform. And then what I want to do is, I guess, let me know if this works. So because he's obviously, since we saw like a bunch of like uh, dead Kotoas and, you know, stuff. And he has like the mace and shit. I want to try to see if I can smell 
like where he is through the the fog because i assume he just smells like fucking death and shit which would hopefully if i go to swing in the fog you know if i have a better sense of where he is i won't have to roll with disadvantage yeah so you don't know where he is but given the current environment i'll put the dc at like a 20 to try to smell because you smell dead bodies you smell salty water you hear flowing water right behind you just a lot of distractions you're also in thick fog so the smell of fog is prominent it's a good okay. it's a great idea but there's too many distractions going on you know are you, unless you're like demon slayer well that's why i thought like <laughs> you try to hey, demon slayer this hey, shit. Don't, they, hey i've been watching it recently all right <laughs> roll, roll, i see roll, the roll, thread roll, uh, an investigation check okay dc 20 you have to crit to essentially get this fuck i threw it off the ball it fell off give me a second <laughs> right back in the set nope it's a 16 no yeah you definitely don't know exactly where he is as you are still lost within this fog this dense fog. all right well then i'm just gonna try to swing this giant eight foot fucking sword i would in suggest the fog. making a dodge action so if something were to attack you in this initiative you mm. would dodge it makes sense melee because... attack yeah Fine. <laughs> I mean, man wants to swing, man. I mean, if you want to fucking swing block, yeah, <laughs> no, then do what fine. you want. You guys it's are level great. three. It's great. You guys are level three. It's great being melee in fog, dude. Sick. <laughs> Next. <laughs> it's going to go back up to initiative 21. Minus. Yep. Go for it. Honestly, I'm just going to step back for a second and recalibrate and prepare a dodge action and, like, look from the outside of the fog. Oh, God, that's scarier seems dangerous to just go further in when you move out of the cloud you see this thick fog that covers the whole entrance way because you move back into the entrance a little bit it's just this thick fog you know that it's magical fog and you cannot see through it guys be careful in there i found the outside but i'm not sure where this thing is or what it's gonna do it is going to move is that all you want to do on your turn yeah i'm gonna you can take a ready action what's a ready action do so it's like uh holding your attack so you go last you use your action at the end of the initiative. Yeah, I'll hold a ready attack, I guess, in case something happens. I doubt it'll hit me. So already just a sling bullet in my sling, not a... Perfect. And it's going to move to the Marrow's turn on turn 19. And as quick as it came, it vanishes as all the fog disappears as you hear... Yes. As the fog clears, you see this thing uh, holding its head with both weapons still in hand. <laughs> Uh, indeed nice. lost to the command spell and begins to grovel for a moment uh, <laughs> and then quickly snaps back into the realization of what just happened and goes that will not happen again but his turn passes as he grovels I'll take my prepared attack then you, yeah so it would go <laughs> hold on let me read the radio was that you Armos? so you could do one of two things so you can take the shot now as a reaction or you can wait till the end to do an action um I might as well shoot at it now sure roll a hit cause he's he's prone He's prone right now. So he's like groveling a little bit. He has a snake tail, so he's not fully on the floor, but he's like coiled within himself. But it would be considered prone. I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but I think prone only gives advantage on melee attacks. Hold on. Let me use my nifty I just want to be fair. Here. Prone. A prone <laughs> creature's only... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, a prone creature only moves his crawl. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls. An attack roll against this creature has advantage if the attacker is within five feet. Otherwise, the attack has disadvantage. Yes. Oh, disadvantage. Disadvantage, because now he's prone, smaller target. Yeah. But he would, mm, so he would have disadvantage if I cast a spell, though, right? Depends on what the spell is. So if it's like you still have to aim the spell, it would be disadvantage because it's considered a ranged attack. 
If it's like a DC spell, then he would just make a DC roll. Okay, I'll just I'll just uh, roll to attack with disadvantage. Why not? Yeah. Well, damn, yeah. I would have halted instead. Jeez. Okay. That's good. Nice. Seventeen hits. Hell yeah. Not those guys though. Not my little guys. Just a good old plus one sling bullet. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So that is uh, 12 damage. Wow. Hell yeah. Dude. Maxed out. Wow. That is awesome. Got lucky. <laughs> Love it. This thing takes a bolt like right in the head. As he starts to hold his head a little bit as he's still groveling, getting over the command. I know what you did, Armos, but I'm loving it. And I'm inspired. <laughs> get, it's going to, that's his reaction. So it's still, now it's going to go to Armos's turn. Armos. I'm going to use Witch Bolt, which is my other spell slot. So this will be my last one. Well. No, you took your, you sipped. So you have all your spell Nobody slots Nobody just did. He I just, just did, did command. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to wait because in case he gets close to me, I got, I got another trick. So, um, you know what? I'll just do Eldritch Blast. So this will be with a disadvantage. Okay, that's a nat one. Awesome. So <laughs> I wind up. I try to try to throw up before I was. I, I tried to. You know when you like uh, are like, oh, I gotta do a big play here, and you end up. I end up slipping, and uh, end up falling forward one right on my face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that being said, I tell Reginald to go go give him a hug. <laughs> okay. So I hellish rebuke. I point my finger at the uh, the monster. He fails. Roll for damage as Reginald leaps off his shoulder and gives uh, this guy a big old hug. Okay, so it's just five damage. Five damage. Nice. He starts to scream louder as he's burned. Reginald actually notices something while he's on him. There is something around his neck as he goes, What is that? As he quickly jumps off and runs back to you. What is it? What'd you see? So he's like, there's something, there's something there. This is wearing something. It's like a shard or something. I, I shot to the guys. There's something around his neck. We got to get it. It is going to go to Drell's initiative. Drell. Okay. Uh, can I reach him um, from where I'm at? Yep. Advantage, bro. Just going to run out his ass. Wreck this dude. And then I'll just roll with advantage. That's going to be 24 to hit. Hits. Cool. Sick. Yeah. Uh, command was so clutch, dude. And then, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, <laughs> I've been saving that one. It's gonna be 14 points of damage. Ooh. Yo, axe, dude, action shirts or whatever you can because he's still prone. Like, oh, fuck him up, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll roll an action surge as well. Sure. Oh, uh, yeah, that's idea. good. <laughs> 21 to hit. Hit. Oh, and a superiority die. And, <laughs> and then that's gonna be 13 more points of damage. He is looking bloodied and messed up. Does Drell notice anything around his neck? I mean, you just shouted it to him, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so I guess after hearing Armos say that, I want to take a Make me a perception check. Yeah. It's a nat 20. Ooh. <laughs> it's a nat 20. So he's on the ground, just suffered this terrible command spell as he's groveling and he's now getting over it. As you beat him with this giant sword, completely messing him up, this now giant gashes across his body. He's his back is to the floor. You see this uh, around in a rope necklace is this giant 
Shard. I wonder if you put that gem up against your book, if he would suffer too. Like Reginald. Oh, shit. when you look at the shard, it is a it is a clear crystal in the shape of a jagged rock, wide in the center, and it comes to a sharp point at both ends. If you looked at it, it looked like it could fit neatly into your hand with both of its points sticking out. Around the center is this blue material ring that circles around the shard. It, it, the, the opacity of the shard uh, is a little opaque. Like, you could kind of see through it, but it's hard. But there's a clear energy swirling inside of it that is, that is pulsating between red and a tealish blue. Can I try to grab it? No, not on this turn. You're not on this turn. Yeah, you already did. You did everything. Yeah. Damn. Well, I thought <laughs> I could do it as a free action. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and it's just around his neck. Like, this Correct. guy's... How, how tall is this guy? Around eight, nine feet tall. Did you say he's large? Minus. So, now that I can see, <laughs> I'm going to run towards... I'm going to start going towards this thing and drop down the ledge. And I'm going to try and hit it again with my sling i suppose go for it roll with disadvantage because he's still yeah. pro oh 19 and a five <laughs> <It> misses <laughs> started great <laughs> yeah that would have been like a 11 10 or something <laughs> awesome it's gonna go to Gilfro initiative oh, I meant to do something else i'm an idiot <laughs> what would you like to do no i meant to do something else but i already rolled a hit so it wouldn't matter the marrow <laughs> comes to his turn he's looking beaten and bloodied as he spits blood out and uh onto your boot takes a quick look around uses his move action to stay prone and rolls off the side of the cliff where he is into the water coward you hear a deep gurgled screaming and a whipple of water is now sent crashing up against the stones that you stand on to stay above it you look at the water after it ripples and it starts to move and the water rather being stagnant in this room now begins to flow you notice in various parts they're not deep they're not very noticeable but near you is a small whirlpool of water in some of the deeper parts where the water is starting to circulate to he rises back up about another 15 feet away onto the ledge half his body still in water and he casts a spell. He starts to move his hands that he's holding his weapons in as this dark purple energy starts to swirl around him that quickly turns green and a green and yellow. And he casts Cure Wounds. That bastard. He casts it at fourth level on himself. Yep. No, on you. <laughs> I mean, that would have been lit. <laughs> he gains 25 hit points back. Jeez. Okay, so I literally just... He casts at fourth level, which is... uh. An extra D8 per level. Some of my damage was on there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and as his free action, he bangs the mace on the floor. Excuse me. Uh, as a bonus action, he bangs the mace on the floor, flips it, crashes the hilt into the rock next to him where the blood shard was socketed, breaks it. The red energy that is split from the blood shard then comes out as a slow stream into the shard in his necklace. We're going to go to... Armos's turn. I don't like this, Armos. Uh, I'm gonna make him say something too. He's like, "You stand in the presence of God," and that's when he breaks the mace. I thought you were a marrow. <laughs> the term is merfolk. <laughs> oh, my bad. 
pretty insensitive of you just to assume they were all the same. No, I can go, go, go. I, think <laughs> I can't see you very well from here. I don't know. <laughs> you know what, Armos? Mess him up. Mess him up. <laughs> yeah, for now, uh, I'll cash Eldritch Blast at him. Uh, um, I got a 12. Misses. It whiffs through the air. It looks like it's about to hit, and he slaps it away with his harpoon. Ooh. With his harpoon staff. Anything else you want to do on your turn? I'm going to back up. Just a little bit. Just be a little, little bit further back, just in case I get hit or something. So, and yeah, I'm gonna uh, blocking the exit. I like your idea. Right, right. <laughs> you know, tactical retreat at this point. Um, I'll send Retru- uh, retreating. What? <laughs> I'll do the hellish rebuke. Uh, at this point, might as well. As uh, he's too far for Reginald to get to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's six feet. Yeah, you're right. I tell, I tell Minus that we gotta get that the. Menace, we gotta get the necklace from him for sure. Oh, we're gonna try, buddy. Well, it doesn't help that you're backing up. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 300 range. Uh, we're gonna go to um, Drell's turn. Can I do some sort of check on the necklace to see, like, is it magical? I, Seems or, like, or it. like if I have any <laughs> history of, like, you know, in my aunt Dory talking about any type of like that type of shit. No, and specifically reason why I'm going to say no, why you couldn't really do a check here is because even during the times of the Red Catastrophe, it -hmm. wasn't affected in the north at all. It never broke into North Trillis. So it was contained within South Trillis, and the only people that would know from the north would be people that ventured down to aid South Trillis and that ultimately started residing there like more dwarves because that's how the Kingdom of Brim came to be. It was as a result Mm -hmm. of helping... The Kingdom of Aramor. Uh, so okay. Andori would not know anything about this, and this is all new to you. I won't Look even let that. you like waste a roll. We're getting some lore from this. All right, then yeah, then I'm just gonna try to just. Um, can I get to him from where? I, he, I know he backed up. I know he swam. Can I reach him if I move and try to hit him? You would have to go around. This will be a move action, so you can. So where he is, there's a gap of water that looks like it goes deep. So for you to jump, you would have to make a, a running jump to try to make it over that 15-foot gap. Okay. Uh, you feel like you're strong enough to do it, or you could try to go around, but you'd have to move, ultimately use the dash action to try to get to him this turn. If you went around. Okay, that, that's fine. Um, I'm going to look back at both of uh, Minus and Armos and say, so uh, you guys plan on joining today, or... <laughs> and then I'm just going to try to run and jump across to him. And like just have that as my turn. Oh wow! <laughs> sure. So if you so if you're using it as your turn as a dash action, you could run and jump over here. Cool. But if you wanted to go from here, from where you're standing, you want to make a mm-hmm. leap, an acrobatics check. You can land here and attack. Oh, okay. Then I'll do that. All right. If you fail, you're gonna fall into the water. Okay. Yeah. okay. What's <laughs> the DC? Uh, the DC is gonna be ten. <laughs> okay. Acrobatics check. Yep. No. Oh, yeah, fucking flying colors, 22. Ooh, you leap over this uh, get 15-foot gap as you got a mean running head start. You, you're incredibly strong, by the way. I don't know if people know. He has 18 strength. He can definitely lift his large self over that as you land right in front of him. Go ahead, man. Make your attack. Oh, while, dude, you pass that so well. While you're in the air, you attack. Uh, that's yeah. 16 to hit. Hits. Cool. 10 damage. 10 damage. Nice. As you slash across his chest with this giant slayer. And then I wanna I wanna say to him, where the fuck do you think you're going? <laughs> Ascendance is the only way. A what? 
Yeah, a sentence. You're you're literally talking right now. I, I don't a get sentence, it. A sentence. <laughs> a sentence. A a a sentence. A sentence. Yeah, I know. Anyone that speaks common here. Why are you guys talking about oh grammar gosh. in a fight? <laughs> Drell should say, "You mean a death sentence." <laughs> We're gonna move up to Minus's turn. Minus. So uh, first, I'll move, and I move forward, jump over the first little chasm, which is easy enough, and over another tiny little chasm to the left. And I'm about 30 feet away now from this merfolk. I'm going to cast a bonus action, Hunter's Mark. Sure. And uh, I'm going to attack once more with my sling. Go for it. Baby, that hits. <laughs> yeah. 19 nat. Nat 19. Ooh. How much damage? That's going to be eight points of damage. Nice. Sling bullet. Uh, oh, and then uh, Hunter's Mark gives me an extra two points of damage. So Ooh. 10 total. It is going to go to the Marrow's turn. Marrow, the Marrow looks at Drill, and he goes, You will bow before the power and might of Gilvril. Flourishes his harpoon. He's going to roll a hit with the harpoon. I bet. Ooh, he whiffs as he rolled a four. Oh, no. He's then um, going to take a move action to move back 10 okay, feet. Well, before he does that, I want to repost oh, yeah. real yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. Repost. Try to hit him. Yes. That's a nat 20 on Ooh, my fucking... Baby. Go for it. <laughs> Roll for damage, baby. Uh, That's insane. Okay. You guys are handling this fight a lot better than I thought you would. Well, we're getting some lucky rolls. Okay, let me add this up real quick. 29 damage. Jeez. <laughs> this... You world. smack him with the, with the giant sword, and he looks messed up and enraged. He goes... He uses his move action to go back about 15 feet. He whirls his staff again that has the uh, that has the blood shard socking into it. Snaps the snaps the harpoon as once more red energy begins to flow out of the broken shard and into the shard that is around his neck. Drell, you're close enough to hear something as the stream of red flows into the shard that's wrapped around his neck you hear tiny whispers but the whispers aren't saying any words they sound like hollowed screams as they get sucked into the shard that's around his neck he is then going to go underwater oh no, i'm sorry he's not gonna do that because that doesn't make sense <laughs> after the reaction of the blood shard being destroyed the water around your feet starts to rush more. As now, you feel that if you're not careful, this current will take you away as the whirlpools that where the water is rushing to are now visible where all the water is starting to rush to these various whirlpools around the room. The water starts to rise due to this change. And the surface area that you're able to stand on is now a little less than it was before. <laughs> Look how far back Armos is, dude. He's all the way back. <laughs> He's damn right. Safe and happy. Armos, uh, today? Away from the water, too. As Gilfro's action ends, you see that the crystal is now shining brighter. From where Armos is standing, you can see the glint of the shard. I got perfect vision. As a reaction, as the water rises up within the room and the surface area that you're able to stand on sinks into the water as these whirlpools now reveal themselves, 
He is in the middle of the water and he is now hunching over, breathing heavily, heavily as the dark magic that he was wielding to cast spells is now exuberating from his body. You know the meaning of death as it comes for you swiftly. What is he saying, Drell? I can't hear him from here. Uh, I have no idea. He's like mumbling. Almost, it is now your initiative. I'm gonna move forward. How far can I get? So the room is now covered in deep water. Anything that isn't rock, you are gonna have to leap if it's farther than five feet. So uh, I make it way down the little waterfall to the first rock, sets of rock that I see. Closer to the guy, but you know, still safe distance. Just to, mm -hmm. you know, since Drell keeps yelling at me. I'm gonna go ahead and do my Eldritch Blast again. Sure. 10. <laughs> it misses. Ah, dang it. <laughs> he doesn't move as he's sitting, as he's on the surface and the crest, he's on the crest of the water surface as the Eldritch Blast just whizzes by him. He doesn't even make a, an attempt to dodge or move it as blood is just like kind of dripping from his mouth and nose as you just kind of, but this corporeal purple energy is just swirling around him as he's trying to gain his composure. Mm -hmm. Wait, no, no, no. For my bonus, I'm going to do Hellish Rebuke now that I'm within 60 feet. And I'm going to have uh, good old Reginald. No, going. because Reginald can't reach it. Because if you look at the map, that is a giant gap of water he needs to cross. He needs to go around. Oh, so he actually, oh, it's still oh. his movement. Okay. Yes. Oh. And he doesn't move 60, he moves 30. <laughs> oh, the spell just says range 60 feet. So that's right. Well, because it's a reaction spell. Reginald is like hugging. That's the homebrew part. Um, yeah. Reginald's like, I don't go across that water. What are you doing? Don't send me <laughs> over there. Deal. All right. So then that's the most I can. I shout out to the guys. We need to get the necklace before he heals again. Drell turns around in mouth to himself. We need to get the necklace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get it. You want the necklace. <laughs> Uh, it is going to go to Drell's turn. Drell. Um, so I guess like the rocky area that he's near, I can't stand. Can I stick? Can I get any closer than where I am From right now? From your current position, you cannot because he's in the middle of water next to a whirlpool. For you to be able to get in melee range of him, you need to go in the water. How deep of water does it look? It, you can't tell from where you're standing. Consuming from the way he was swimming before, it goes down pretty deep. All right, I'm the water is a dark blue. I'm throwing in uh, a thrown axe at him, then. Sure. Let's try to do that. Um, 16. Hits. Nice. Roll for damage. Oh, okay. Wait, how many thrown axes can I throw at him? Because in my notes, it shows that I have one iron, but then I have three or two steel left. Oh, I mean, you could do two on your turn. Okay. Then um, can I? Just, uh, I have to roll it separately, though, right? Yeah. Correct. It's just another attack. As okay. Well. One bonus action. Um, you don't add modifiers are, onto the bonus action. Yeah. Because you don't have so to weapon you, fighting. What'd you say? You don't add the modifiers onto the bonus throw. Okay, so I wouldn't add on my second attack my strength or my yes. proficiency bonus. Um, you'd add it to attack, but not to your hit. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so the first one, that's going to be eight damage with the uh, first thrown axe, and then I'm going to try to hit him with the second one. This is... That's a nat 20 with the oh second one. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2d6s. <laughs> I don't add it. Oh yeah, 2d6s, I guess. Yeah. Um, Just add those up. <laughs> what the hell? That's going to be 9 plus 2, so it's 11 more damage. 
and I then I yelled to him, "Where the fuck you think you're going?" Nice. <laughs> yes. As he's just in the water flying away. <sighs> I'm really proud of you guys. You throw these two hand axes from where you are. Oh yeah. These two axes land in his chest. One in each shoulder. As blue, this purple bluish blood bleeds from his serpent body. But he doesn't move and he doesn't go to pull them out. He starts breathing heavier and heavier. He's looking very bloodied and messed up as he looks like he's concentrating uh, and trying to remain composure. It's going to go back up to Minus's turn. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to roll up to Minus's turn. Can I tell how high this ledge is? on the northwest part 10 feet can, can i get there with just my normal movement with a check or do i need to from your position you can you can make a yeah go ahead and make a perception check to see if you can find a way up because that you just see a waterfall oh, sure. coming off the cliff uh 20. yep you see a path that like uh like rocks jutting out from the waterfall and you can probably climb up sick so i can just use my regular movement since i Got that right? Yeah. So I noticed that there are some grooves that I can kind of maneuver through. And on the western part of this cavern, I climb up and get a better vantage point, not only on him, but away from all these whirlpools. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm going to launch a sling bullet at him. Roll the hit. Plus one sling bullets. Nat 20, baby. There you go. (laughs) We're getting some lucky rolls. What in the world? Oh, that was unlucky. <laughs> Two ones on my damage roll. Great. Ooh. So that is eight, and I get to roll a d6 because of Hunter's Mark, and that is 12 points of damage. Ooh, you just pelt him uh, with, one, with one of your, what are you using, Sids? You, sh- you hit him no, with I'm one of your shots. I just have plus one bullets. So you, hit him, you shoot him with one of these bullets out of your sling, and it goes like right into his chest, right near where the shard is and it gets some it penetrates uh into his body leaving like a uh, like a small bloodied hole dang it's gonna go to gilfro's turn gilfro looks down he's a horrible bloody mess oh actually <laughs> i lied you guys entered a different phase of the fight this is a lair action Oh my. <laughs> so you guys, so just a little more insight. Uh, I thought you guys have a little bit of a tougher time. You went from phase one to the fight to phase three. So the map so the map change was phase three of this fight where the whirlpool started to come up and layer action started in phase two, but you could completely obliterated him past his health <laughs> mark to phase three. So the layer actions kick in mm-hmm. on uh, round 20. He's faster than the liar actions. So I need everyone to make... So when the cavern shook before, stone and rock started to fall from the ceiling as the water rose. Stalagmites, stalactites fall from the ceiling. I need everyone to make me a DC 12 um, dex saving throw to see if you get hit by one of these falling stalactites. Oh, ow. That's a nine. Nine? You get hit. I got an 11. You also get hit. Armos? Seven. Oh gosh! All three of you get hit. I'm gonna roll. Da- I'm gonna roll damage that you all take. We're rolling lucky before. Now not so much. <laughs> you get four points of damage as a stalag as stalactites fall onto you and hit you in various parts of the body, like your foot and your arm. A big boulder hits Armos in the back and stuts him forward a little bit. It is now gonna go to Gilfro's turn. Gilfro lets out a ter- like a grunt. <sighs> this time dives deep into the water. Drell, 
you're close enough to witness this. As he grips, grips the shard and slams it into the hole that Minus left with one of his bullets. Excuse me? Uh, <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> A large, terrible, echoed roar as the cavern starts to shake and wail as the ground around you starts to change and being disrupted. Uh, the, uh, the whirlpools intensifies, water starts shifting everywhere. Um, everyone needs to make me a DC uh, 10 dexterity check to see if you keep your balance. I got the same freaking right. roll. I got a 10. Dang it. I got a, I got okay. a nine. You I got two, a nine as well. You two fall into the water. Um, you get knocked prone, um, Minus, because you're on a higher elevation. You're not near the water. Thank God, I did that. Yeah. Drell, you get, you fall into the water a few feet and you don't see Gilfro anywhere, but you do see uh, clouds of purple blood uh, that was left behind from him. As the walls shake and tremble, there uh, still more stalactites start to fall from the ceiling. Everybody except Drell, make me another DC saving throw of 12 to see, uh, <laughs> to see if you get hit with another one of these stalactites. Oh, I rocked that one. <laughs> no no dice. Nice. Armos? Nine. You take another another four points of damage as the stalactite hits you, in the, hits you in the arm. For a few moments, the room continues to shake and the ground begins to shift. And then everything goes calm. The water height stays the same, but it is no longer flowing. The whirlpools have stopped spinning. There is an eerie calmness in the water. You have a minute to reflect as you take a look around. The cavern has shaken so much and rocks have fallen that almost when you look behind you, the way you came in, has now collapsed in on itself. And from down below, you don't think there's a foreseeable way to leave through the way you came in. The other entranceway is completely submerged in water from where the three cloaked figures were at the beginning of this combat. You see a few spaces that you guys can stand on. Drell, you can take a moment to get on to the closest ledge to you. I'm looking over my ledge like, Drell, Drell, you okay? I kind of like swim over and I'm like, yeah, I'm- uh... It seems that you have a beat to tend to any wounds. Maybe drink a healing potion. A kind DM would suggest. <laughs> I'm drinking my healing potion. Can I make an investigation check to try and find him? Sure. So I have advantage on that because my hunter mark is still going. Mm -hmm. What do you roll for a health potion again? 2d4 plus 2. I'm going to roll that. I'm going to take one as well. I rolled a 19. You do not physically see him, but as your concentration okay. remains intact, you know he's deep beneath the water. There's a cloud of purple blood in the water that's kind of dispersing and spreading. After you take a moment, you guys take advantage of this beat to drink your health potions as the room starts to shake again. More stalactites fall from the ceiling, but do not hit you. The caverns around you start to crumble and collapse as the walls start breaking and cracking from the ceiling. The ceiling starts to crack more as flowing waterfalls begin to break under the weight as more water starts to pour into the room. You guys are trying to scramble to get higher ground. Drell was forced to move a little to the right just so he could stay above. 
but below there are terrible trembles and rumbles as a huge spout of water just in front of Joe emerges and crashes through the water flooring, creating a huge eruption. Down below, under the water, you hear this horrible, horrible, terrifying, mangled growl that quickly manifests into a roar. The ground that Drell is standing on then protrudes out of the water, sharply raising him up at least 20 feet into the air as these three pillars of stone and stone and bedrock begin to turn into hills that are gathered around in a circle. When the water falls, a huge serpent face reveals itself on a log neck that extends deep down into the water below you. The face is mangled with cuts and scratches, has blood red eyes, its nostrils are huge, it has a giant mangled jaw with j terrible rows of teeth. Its fins extend out sideways a good 20 feet, resembling dragon-like wings on the side of his face. Tentacles spur out through the bottom of the, uh, from underneath the water all across the room. You guys count a good four to six tentacles, massive inside, proportional to his head. A giant like Hydra mutated beast of Gilfro is in front of you with a huge dragon like snout, giant nostrils, uh, exhaling shadowy smoke and red fins flap, creating a gust of wind where the water starts to uh, starts to whirl up again and tentacles snap and lash throughout the room, hitting the walls, causing the room to crumble more. And that is where we will end this week's session. Jeez. No. <laughs> Go ahead and refer to the map. Holy shit, oh, dude. Now I'm worried. <laughs> no, wow. I, we weren't worried before. We were just like, oh, dang. Then the map revealed. <laughs> There's like various tentacles, big head, like all the flooring is crumbled. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> this massive serpent mutated demon beast with drag-like fins and tendrils, water tentacles. There's that imagery again, bursting from below like a giant push. Dude, that's beast, bro. Oh, Armos is not in a good spot. <laughs> I don't like Armos is two. actually in the water. Armos is in a good spot. <laughs> Look where Drell is, bro. What do you mean? Yeah, but you're on hard ground. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the this, ocean with two is... tentacles, like, on either side of me. I feel bad. This is, like, where an audio podcast starts to be um, a little funky because this fight is very map-oriented. It's a huge gargantu gargantuan octopus hydra beast that I have homebrewed um, that, that Gilfro has transformed and mutated into. Um, we'll have to make, like, a statement at the beginning of the ne next episode, and obviously here, that... If you're in the Discord, go look at the photo while you're listening to this. Yes. <laughs> oh, Dude, man. I need like the anime poster of like Drell like looking up at the giant beast with like the from his back, oh, right? The giant, oh, yeah, with the giant slayer like <laughs> slung over his back. Like it's that picture in uh, what is it? Dark Souls. You know what I'm talking about? That yeah, Dark Souls yeah, picture. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Man, I had this thing. Planned out. We'll talk about it in the after show. We'll talk about it in the after show. We got that's like gonna be a hefty one too. Oh man! But thanks All for right. listening, everybody. Thank you Holy for listening. Moly. This is the end of episode twenty-one or our last session. So thank you guys for listening. We'll return to you next week, guys. Do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here? You know all the things: the TikToks, the Twitter, 
all of it. Yo, the holla Twitch. at your boys at DD44 Twitter. Yo, you can holla at me if you just want to talk to me on Twitter at, you know, Maxwell's Dead Dinosaur. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to plug my own Twitter, I guess, this time. Shout out to the Twitch. We're going to be doing live content on there, separate yeah. campaigns, one Pumped. shots. We got this cool epic campaign we're also going to do that's strictly for live. Don't want to get too much into that. Or by the time this releases, it might actually be out. We'll see. We'll see. I'm not a, I'm not a seer. I'm not a far seer. Dan, you got anything you want to plug? Um, You plugged all of our stuff. I don't know. By this time, Tony and I might be playing a very casual campaign on my Twitch account. Go ahead and plug your Twitch, man. Yeah, I am Jokarman. I am J-O-K-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, and that's on Twitch. Yes, sir. Jared, you want to plug anything? Uh, no, nothing. I'm good. Just <laughs> our stuff. I already did it. Nah, he's good. Yeah. Nah, he's good. I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna plug you your favorite D D book. I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to Tasha's. I don't know. <laughs> what Alex say before? Shout out to Pizza Bagels. Shout out to Pizza yeah. Bagels. Yo, shout out Pizza Bagels. Shout out to people that use their blinkers when they turn. Facts. Oh, yes. oh yeah. my god. Okay. Yo, yo, call Fuck action. people that like tur- you know, you see someone trying to pull out of a parking lot ahead of you and then like you just turn in right before them without uh, using their blinker, but they'd be waiting for you. Bro, petition to s- force fucking Mercedes and BMWs to start putting fucking turn signals in their car for the love of God. Yeah, for real. I'm convinced it's like an extra package. Without blinkers on, man. It's crazy. I've never seen a BMW or a Mercedes use a blinker in my life. (laughs) Oh my God. But that's it for this. He drives a Mercedes. (laughs) (laughs) But that's it for this week's episode. Catch us next week. We love y'all. Thanks for chilling. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. Embrace heroes. We're going to embrace heroes. All right. And now it's time for Humroy's Heroes. First up, legendary glassblower Man with Glass returns to South Trillis from the Heartland with new exotic glass vases, and he's running a special deal on them. Buy one at double the price, get the second one free. That's a hell of a deal if you ask me. Next up, we got Pascal, aka Chalkroll Darts. Not only the official artist of D&D 404, but a wild magic artist that sculpts the landscapes to her image. Legend has it she painted a few extra mountains next to Minus' home to give him a few more friends. Legendary basket weaver Joshua sent me some fan mail recently. Bag of devouring. I can't thank him enough because now when I say something ain't my homework, I'm not lying. The bag of devouring is seen as a cursed item, but I see it for what it really is. Hungry. Thanks, Joshua. Lastly, we have Artemis. Artemis is a lone fighter class who wanders the lands of South Trillis, breaking those Nico Nico kneecaps of giants that cross their path. Their words, not mine. Fun fact, I'm secretly scared of people who have anime profile pics. Please, please, please don't hurt me. And that's it for Humbrae is Heroes. Thank you so much for the support and the love. We really, we really can't thank you enough. And if you're interested in becoming next Humbrae is Heroes, go ahead and check us out on the Patreon backslash DD44. Or just go ahead and click the link down below. I'm sure we got it there. I'm almost positive we got it there. But uh, anyway, thank you for listening. I will catch you next week. Bye.